You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. All right, without further ado, we're finally going to start. Um, hi, everyone. Welcome to our lovely panel. My name is Steph Wilberding. I'm the host of the Leading Lady Fitness Podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network. So yes, yes. Um, we are in season two of our podcast, so please go and listen to season one and season two. And all the conversations on the podcast are around self-care and fitness and food and journey and how it impacts the way we show up in the world, how it affects the way we show up as uh, creatives of what we're going to talk about today. This is something I have been talking about for almost a decade. I spent a few years at Mark Fisher Fitness here in New York City, which is like the Broadway gym. Some of you may have heard of it. And, and now I have my own business, but but um, it's really important to me to talk about fitness and food as a way to make our lives uh, better and expansive rather than ways to make our bodies smaller and um, anything that needs to be fixed. So uh, having these women with me today is is just such a wonderful um, uh, milestone for me because I feel like I finally have other people to talk about this to other people. And it just feels like um, I'm just so grateful. So I really appreciate you guys being here. I will introduce everyone and then we're going to get started. Ooh, down here we have the lovely Tony nominated Jennifer Samard. And next to her is a castmate uh, from company, uh, the amazing Rashidra Scott. Hello. And then right here to my left, we have Christine Dercole. Okay. Isn't that, I can't throw my up, yeah. Uh, from Peloton joining us today. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk a little bit about our personal journeys and how it's impacted our lives, our careers, our approach. And then um, Christine is going to lead us through one of her amazing word shop writing workshops. Uh, that's why you all have a notebook, okay? Um, so what I want to do is start with, I'll, I'll go ahead and start. I want to tell it, we're just going to tell a little bit about maybe some sort of story or thing that happened in our career that has affected the way we have approached many things. I'll, I'll just start and dive in. Um, for me, as a um, actress in my 20s and early 30s, I felt like I was always trying to fix myself or make myself smaller so that I would be castable. Um, and one very pivotal conversation was with a potential, uh, potential representation, an agent, uh, who said, and I had, I had started a weight loss journey, um, and this person said to me, you either need to gain it all back or lose another, I don't know, what do you, 20 pounds, I forget what they said. And I remember clearly going like, okay, okay, I'll figure this out. But what I actually said in my head is like, there's no way I'm gonna change, I'm gonna gain it back. Like I have to lose it. And I have held that with me for 
the last 15, 18 years. And what it did was just reinforce the story I had heard my entire life dealing with weight and being told I was not enough the way I was, what that did was reinforce it. And therefore, I just went on a mission to get myself smaller, stronger, more in shape, only so I would get the job, right? And then um, that only started to change for me when I started seeking help for myself. I got into the fitness industry as a trainer. Uh, I'm a coach. I'm a food coach. I'm I'm a personal trainer. But it wasn't until someone really like helped me discover my own strength exactly as I am, right? That I am castable the way I am, that I don't need to be a certain size to be on stage. Um, and that, in, that inspired the work that I do in the world now as a trainer and as a coach. So that's my thing that I wanted to share was that at a very young, uh, early stages of my career, I was told that I wasn't the right thing. And it's, it's been really hard to unpack, if I'm being completely honest. So that's my bit that I wanted to share. And we're going to kind of continue that with, um, with Jennifer. Oh, I'm I hear next. from you. Yeah. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken yeah. dinner. Uh, <laughs> hi, everyone. It's really an honor to be here. Thank you for spending your time with us this afternoon. So I will forever be a recovering anorexic. I was first diagnosed when I was 15 years old. I guess it took about a year of acute healing, Uh, but I will say it definitely informed a great deal of my life, uh, leading to when I started doing this professionally. Uh, I sought help with a nutritionist and a therapist, uh, and I definitely continued with therapy through through my 20s, and I still go back for touch-ups, tune-ups, I call them every now and then, you know, just to see if I'm using the right tools, not just in regard to this, but this is the topic today. Uh, I had an experience off-Broadway in my 20s where I had a female director, which this story sort of surpri- surprised me, but I was trying on this pair of pants, I remember, it was a formative thing in this journey. Mm -hmm. And I said, how about these pants? I really like these. What do you think? And she said to me, well, they do make your ass look smaller, but I don't love them. I mean, your ass still looks big. (laughs) And I couldn't believe how cruel it was. And it really, really, really affected me. And to be honest with you, I've always felt like my, my legs or my butt were too big. And or too small, because what I have found in this industry, it's always a case of the twos. You're too big, you're too small. You're too ugly, you're too pretty. You're too young, you're too old. Two, 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 two. And something finally clicked, like it did when I was a teenager, that that wasn't serving me, that that was someone else's problem, not mine. And I I think Christine will say this more eloquently than I can, but one of the reasons I was drawn to Christine in the sense that we all find our people in life, we all find who speaks to us as if it's coming out of our own head. Uh, You know, to find what you're built for, that really resonated with me, Christine. And I realized that I I, I love my body, I love my legs, and my goal is to be, see how strong I can, I can get, and in my current show company, they have served me so well, these legs that enable me to do a wall sit for 90 seconds without breaking a sweat, you know? Uh, My bike, which is my godsend and has been since I was a little girl, these legs that are built to cycle, you know, and how much I love that. 
hence my 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 fangirling of this beautiful lady. So it's um, I, I'm curious to see how strong I can get. And the final thing I say, because age is a part of it, and I think I'm going to do my word shop today based on that, sort of the fears I have as my body changes, because it will happen to you. Uh, for instance, I always had a pretty six-pack set of abs, I have to say, you know, like t- tiny waist mm. <laughs> with a round thing in your face. Um, but anyway, you. yes, you're welcome. Um, so the stomach thing, you know, it's changed. I, at my age, I have fibroids now, which affects a lot of women, and I'm going to need a hysterectomy, uh, which I'll probably schedule once we close. And the doctor told me, you know, Jen, until you get this hysterectomy, you're going to look like you're about three months pregnant. So to wrap this up, in company, I actually had a talk with the director about it. And I said, let me expose my belly on stage. And we worked it in. I said, I think it's really important to show your belly because in nature, it's the most vulnerable thing an animal can do. It scared me. And now I think it's one of the most successful moments for at least my character and in that scene. And I'm very proud of it. Thank you for the snaps. Uh (laughs) Since this is a podcast, we're getting snaps, people. We're getting snaps. Uh, Anyway, so I'm very proud of that. I think it's very brave. I'm House Gryffindor Slytherin Rising, and I'm very proud of myself. Thank you. God, I love you. Oh, gosh. Everyone's looking at me. I guess I'm next. Hi, Rashidra. Um, I'm kind of a little bit of a jerk. Uh, I've always been very athletic and athletically built. Um, So I never really thought I had to work on it that much. And then I got into pageants when I was 17 to help pay for college. And the first local pageant I won, my pageant director was like, yes, great. And we're shopping for my pageant wardrobe. And she's like, well, you look great. You could stand to lose about 10 or 15 pounds just 17 years old in high school, trying to get into college, trying to graduate, all of those things. She's like, yeah, you know, if you want to be successful, you could stand to lose about 15 pounds. I was 130 then, was my weight. (laughs) And it was through training for pageants that I realized it's not the number on the scale, it's how I feel. Because I continued to compete for four years total. And my last year of competing... I got with a trainer. I had like six weeks between graduating college and the state competition. And I worked almost literally my butt off. Like I had bought a pair of pants the day before graduation and the day before the pageant, I went to wear them and they had an uh, elastic waist and they literally fell off of me because I had no more butt to hold them up. Um, (laughs) But I realized with that trainer, I had been working so hard and I had lost all these inches and I looked the best I had ever looked. And I was 10 pounds heavier than I had been when I started with the trainer because of muscle being mass wise more than fat. So I looked great, but I was like, oh, I can't kill myself trying to get a number on a scale. It's really about how I feel. Mm -hmm. Now, my favorite thing is uh, in company I remember meeting with our costume designer and she said, so what's your favorite part of your body? And I said, my legs. I don't know if any of y'all have seen the show. She got me in a crop top the whole show. (laughs) (laughs) Croppity, crop, crop, crop top. Like it's the size of my sports bra in real life. It's yes, she's tiny. Um, (laughs) But then I've realized that I have this pressure that I put on myself because I am still pretty athletically built. 
I know that I have this pressure of, I'm in a crop top, so I gotta, I gotta suck in. Like, you know, we have this kind of joke around the stage where there's one moment in being alive where I think you were probably the first one to say to me, you know, your abs have a really great feature in the lighting uh, <laughs> during this moment. And I was like, if y'all only knew how much I'm standing there every day, I hear this one, I hear all of the strength people at Peloton just being like shoulders back, plank. I'm basically doing a standing plank every two seconds, <laughs> reminding myself to breathe. <laughs> but I, even with that, I realized, and I think when, when Christine really spoke to me and I had that aha moment was during the shutdown, I was doing a Christine class and you were talking about your experience in school and how many times you had been told that you're two. <laughs> and I realized in that moment that I was working so hard doing like an hour and a half to two hours a day on the bike or strength classes because Broadway was shut down and we didn't know when we were gonna come back and I needed to keep my stamina, but also um, I like to snack and eat all of the things uh, that are not beneficial and conducive to uh, keeping a six pack. <laughs> so like she knows every time I order food at the theater, everyone is like, what'd you get? Is it stickies? Is it Virgil's barbecue? What is it? Cause it's always junk food of some sort. Um, <laughs> but it's one thing to do that when we're climbing 10 flights of stairs a day and doing a two and a half hour nonstop show or three hour nonstop show. It's another thing to be, still be eating like that and I'm not working. So I was doing all of these classes on the bike and it was in that moment that I realized it, I just do what makes you feel good. Work out for my health, you know, and battling predispos predispositions with family history and all of that stuff. So yes, I do still need to work and make sure that I'm healthy numbers wise and all that stuff, but like blood work numbers, blood pressure numbers, yep. sugar numbers, not the scale. I still step on a scale just cause I like to see that I'm still the same weight I was in high school, but, <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's not the thing. That's just my own crazy. It's not mandatory. And so I've been grateful learning more. Samar and I worked together 11 years ago in Sister Act. And I've been grateful for company because I feel like we've gotten closer and I've learned more about you just in these last, I will say, few months. And I've been grateful for Christine because of that moment where I was like, oh, girl, this is trauma. You are going through trauma of losing your career and not knowing what's happening. The world is going through trauma of what is happening. There is this new disease and virus that no one knows what's happening and everyone is terrified. Stop adding stress to yourself by trying to kill yourself and working out two to three hours a day to try to maintain this level. Like, just let yourself be okay with going back whenever you go back and however you go back. And that's something that I've tried to carry with me even as we have been back. You know, again, I do work out to combat uh, my stickies and my bacon cheeseburgers that I eat at two o'clock in the morning in bed post-show, but we're not gonna talk about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it really is just being more comfortable with myself and knowing that ultimately whatever any of us are presenting on a Broadway stage is real. There is no magic marker of what we should be. All I have to be is myself, however and wherever I am on that day. Yeah. Yes. That's it. <laughs> wow, thank you. You did this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Christine. 
And I ride bikes and tell stories for a living. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. I love it. When I was a little girl, I wanted, and I'm looking at your tutus, I wanted to be a ballerina. But they told me, you're too big to be in anything with a short tutu. So we're going to put you in the back. I'm going to put you in longer tutus because my legs were twice the size of all the other little girls. I turned to acting, thinking there are roles for everyone at every age and every size. This is the way. And I auditioned for a very fancy school. You might have heard of Carnegie Mellon. Has a good drama department. <laughs> and I got myself in and I thought, this is a sign. I am on the right track. And I happened upon an audition feedback form that said, loved her monologues. Great comic timing, but she's a little heavy in the thigh. And I thought, how can it be that these things that I want to do, my dreams of being on a stage and telling a story to inspire people, I, that, how can it be that I am not built for my dreams? That's cruel. But I kept trying. I took a year off from college. I came to New York City, and I kept auditioning. I needed a job, by the way. <laughs> and I'd always enjoyed riding my bicycle. I learned the city by bicycle, by going to all these auditions by bike. And so when I needed a job, bike messenger. This makes perfect sense. Had no idea the world I was getting into. <laughs> and I really fell in love with flying through the city and finding this athletic side of myself that I had never imagined. And they had um, these nicknames for all of us. Someone was called like Ninja and someone else was called Sparks and they called me Legs on my little walkie talkie. And I was like, can you please not call me Legs? Uh, it's like, it's a trigger. And they said, but you're really fast. Your legs are really fast and you're really strong. In fact, maybe you should think about racing. And so I did and I won <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and these legs that I was really ashamed of became something that I am really proud of. Then I had my daughter, and I became bigger than I had ever been or ever imagined I would be, and I thought, okay, you have discovered and been empowered by finding this athlete you didn't know existed, but now you really are a big girl, and you need to find a way to accept, embrace, and celebrate yourself. You're a mother, and you have to be confident to show your daughter, no matter what her body ends up with being, that she's okay. So I tried out for being a plus-size model, and I went to QVC, and I walked, and they said, we love your walk, and we love your energy, but you're not big enough. <laughs> I said, mic drop. <laughs> as no one has ever said that to me. <laughs> they said, but if you wear these pads, we can use you for the fall and winter lines 
just not the spring and summer because the short sleeves will show your arms and they'll look too small. Another case of the tutus. <laughs> so I did it. And I shoved these pads in the bust, in the back, in the belly, in the butt, in the thighs into an oversized pair of pantyhose. And every time I had to go out onto the set for live television modeling, you had to check in the mirror before you went out to make sure that your scarf was going to flow properly and your buttons were even and your hat was tilted just right. And you walk up confidently into this mirror. And I feel like something happened in the year that I did this. Psychological gesture. And if you stand tall with your arms up proud, that you will eventually be proud. It was as though faking proud, looking in the mirror with confident posture in a body that was several sizes larger than my actual body at the time, strengthened the proud muscles in my spine and in my heart. And I feel like it strengthened some synapse in my head that allowed me to finally hear this quiet voice that was deep inside get louder and louder and louder. And one day I'm walking into that mirror before the set and something in my head said, stop. I said, who's talking to me? <laughs> oh, that's you, you're talking to yourself. And I looked and I said to myself, you've been missing the point. There is no too big or too small. There is only what brings you joy and what makes you proud. And when you rode your bicycle, you were empowered. Get back on the bike and see what happens. Get curious about where that will take you. You were built for that bike. That's what those thighs were built for. And I rode myself, I quit that day. And I rode myself into now a 20-year career on my own stage, telling stories with music. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope that by sharing these kinds of stories, that I can inspire someone somewhere to know that you're built for something, to know that we are bigger than a smaller pair of pants, that we are spending so much time, so much space in our brains and in our lives to make ourselves smaller, to fit into somebody else's story. There is something very profound I discovered that I have spent all of that time trying to find success based on someone else's opinion of my body. But when I got on my bicycle, whether it's in a bike race or in a spin class, I am successful because of my body, exactly as it is. But not only my body, but my decisions and my actions. And so it's my hope that you take away from this and that I have to keep reminding myself this all the time as well, that that story that we are too much of something is a story that we are listening to that we can change.
all of that chatter about, I need to lose the weight, I need to gain the weight, I need to be taller, smaller, prettier, not as pretty, whatever it is, that story is a lot of other people's words in our heads that we have a choice about whether or not we listen to it. We have agency. I say, I call it changing the chatter. And my work in WordShop is a very simple, very simple tool for getting a grip on the runaway train that can be the chatter that we have inside of our heads so that we can redirect our story. Knowing that you have agency is one of the most powerful things you can know. So with that, I think we should open your notebooks and all I want you to do is write down the words I am. For the record, I'm really excited. <laughs> Thank you. It's Jennifer Smart. <laughs> I love you. Should we tell them the retail value of this workshop? <laughs> so all of that chatter that we hear in our heads, often it starts with the words I am and then it ends with something awful like I am to whatever, I am not enough, I am doing everything I can and it's still not enough. You, you can fill in the blanks. I don't need to tell you what you're thinking. <laughs> and if we continue to listen to all of that without changing that chatter, then we're going to let somebody else be driving our lives, basically. Speaking of driving, you've all called an Uber at some point, yes? You call an Uber because you know where you want to go. You know exactly what you want your life to look like. But that Uber cannot come get you unless you know where you are. You have to know your current location. I am at the intersection of 8th and 34th, but I am also at the intersection of Avenue of Despair and Fear streets and behind me is Hope Alley. I want you to take one minute and write down everything that is true about where you are. Sentences that start with I am. Please do not edit yourself. Do not judge yourself. Go into this with curiosity and speak your truth. You have one minute. Ready? Unlock my phone. Got she got it. Okay. And go. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
and seen. <laughs> now, you know where you are. You've identified a whole bunch of your mental, emotional, psychological surroundings. I'd like you to also write down the words next. I can. Now, what can you do about it? When someone asks you, can you do something? You're like, oh, well, if I had enough money or if I wasn't afraid or we have, we first think of all the reasons we can't. I have this very distinct memory of being in fourth grade and I raised my hand and I said, can I go to the bathroom? And the teacher scolded me very hard and said, oh, you must ask permission. And I thought, why do I need permission to take care of myself? And so you don't need permission to take care of yourself. You don't need permission to learn something. You don't need permission to dream and you don't need permission to imagine what somebody else might say is impossible. You can do a handstand, maybe not right now, but you could potentially learn, right? You can skydive. You might be scared to death to do that, but, and you might not have a desire to do that, <laughs> but you, you could, so you can. I want you to take a minute and write down all of the things that you can come up with that you can do about where you are in order to get where you wanna go. Ready, set, go. Okay. Next is I will. What will you do about it? <laughs> it might be the same thing that you can do. I did a word shot many years ago and this woman, and I'm gonna paraphrase. She said, I am frustrated and angry about a whole bunch of things about her job and her husband and da 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 all of the explanation, but I can eat my greens and ride my bike every day. I will eat my greens and ride my bike every day. And now, and you saw this transformation come over her, I do eat my greens and ride my bike every day. <laughs> Nothing happened between in the minute, the, the seconds between each of those sentences, but you hear a profound difference in the meaning of each of those sentences. So, without putting any pressure on yourself about when you will do those things, take a minute to write down 
everything you imagine you will do about what you can do about where you are to get where you want to be. Don't think about pressure of a timeline, whether it's this week or this year or this month or next or 10 years from now. This is about the act of getting a thought in your head written on paper, which is a profoundly huge step in internal movement that becomes external movement later. Ready? I will go. Okay. I do. This is the last part of our little workshop, word shop here. I'd like you to take a moment and imagine that you have arrived at that destination, that place that you called the Uber for to begin with. Your life looks the way you want it to look the success, the relationships, the security, whatever that looks like. Just take a moment and like sit in that. The things that you say to yourself and the things that you do in that version of your life are very different than the things we say and do where we are right now from where we're beginning. So, what do you do? I do speak my truth. I do ask for help. I do trust myself. You have a minute. Go ahead. Okay, one second. I had another thing to write. 
<laughs> I broke my own rule. So all of this stuff is stuff that we're hearing in our heads all the time, right? The negative and the positive. I want you to go back to everything you wrote under I am and circle one of those statements. Don't think about it. You, one of them is hotter. One of them has more heat than the others. Yeah, I felt that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Through the mask, I felt it. And do the same for your I can. Circle one of those sentences. And grab one of your I wills. And one of your I do's. And you're going to take those four sentences, make each of them as small as possible. For instance, if you wrote something like, I am afraid of not being enough, I am afraid is your sentence. No explanation, no backstory, no justification. If someone says I am frustrated because of my dog and my daughter and my da, 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 to know that you are frustrated is enough. It doesn't need to be justified. So make each of your sentences as few words as possible. This helps us get to the core of things. And then you'll write those on a separate page. And you will have a mantra. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, you have some sentences. You have some mantras. Mm -hmm. What you have is a tool. 
a toolbox, really. And in situations where you feel that overwhelming tsunami of words in your head and your heart, you can excuse yourself from any situation. Pull out your phone. I am freaking out. I can breathe. I will be brave. I do my best. Whatever it is, whatever it is, it's a way to redirect yourself, ground yourself so that you can go back into whatever situation it is and feel your worth. Because the most powerful thing anyone can say to us is what we are saying to yourselves. And here you have agency. So you just rewrote your story. We can continue to change our lives one word at a time. It's all it takes. I'm not saying changing your chatter is gonna get you the job or cure cancer. Changing our chatter will change how we navigate those challenges. That was a lot of alliteration. <laughs> I should keep that. So I will share mine, and I strongly encourage y'all to share yours too. I am nervous. <laughs> I can be, take the microphone out of my mouth. I can be vulnerable. I will block triggering content. <laughs> I do publish the book. <laughs> okay. I want you to know I did start crying earlier. Ever since I've met this woman, I cry at least one time in the conversation. Yeah. Um, I am allowed. Uh, I kind of feel like I could just stop with that today. <laughs> Close my book and go home. I am allowed. I can create. I will build. And I can lead. I am capable. I can make mistakes. I will be scared. I do succeed. Mm. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> okay. I am afraid. I can confront. I will enact. I do achieve. Nice. Anybody else? Yes. Here's the thing about sharing your words, and especially the point of boiling it down and editing it down to the least words possible. I could have written what all, each of you wrote. Like we all could have written, you hear yourself in everything that you heard up here. When we allow ourselves to be transparent and speak from that place of transparency and authenticity and stop trying to look like we've got it together, <laughs> we can actually deal with what's really going on. Because the more time we spend trying to look like we've got it together and we know what we're doing, the more shields and masks we're putting up. But when we are transparent and authentic and true and share that, we allow others to do the same. And then we empower each other. And then we can actually start living our real lives instead of standing beside our lives and watching what might have happened. So it is my hope today that you take this tool away and own it and use it. 
anytime you need. And I have word shops online if you would like to participate and do it on a monthly basis. <laughs> would anyone like to share theirs now? Yes. Thank you. I am proud. Mm -hmm. I can work. I will not endure. And I do have values to Yes. Yay. Thank you so much you. for being so brave. Anyone else? I'm looking right at the tutus. You guys are so cute. You guys are so stinking cute. You can't wear that in the front row and not have me ask you to share. This is the point. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Good. Yes, yes, yes. Bring it. Can you stand up so we can see you? Yes. Hi. And that fabulous hat. Thank you. Um, I'm afraid I can be disciplined. I will get stronger. I do believe that I can do it. Yes. Thank you. Anyone else before I say something else? Okay. Um, what I thought, maybe I'm, I'm throwing this out there. We didn't plan this. Um, the panel here, where could we see something like this either having, um, would have been helpful in the past, mm. um, in, we can say in our creative lives or maybe how we can see it happening right now, how, helping us right now. I'm happy to, to, I'll start cause I'm like, Oh my God, this is mind blowing. Um, for me, uh, from a vulnerable place, um, being both a trainer and a coach, and an actress and really getting stuck in the story that I haven't acted enough yet, mm. that my career hasn't taken off. I should have been on Broadway by now. Um, yeah, right? <laughs> um, and that's been a story I probably told myself for the last 10 years. In the last couple months when we met, and we, um, I'm finally doing my own show. And it's because, so September 25th, no. Um, <laughs> no, but it, it was because I was like, I can do it on my own. I, the, what I want is to tell a story. I don't need someone to hire me to tell the story. Right. Um, so that's how it's helping. It's been helping me in the past couple months. Um, anyone else? Yeah. yeah, I'm inspired by this question. Yep. So what we've just done, let me make sure I understand it correctly. Yep. What we've just done, where might this be useful? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm probably going to, fill up this notebook mm -hmm. because there are so many paths that I can address in regard to the well of emotion that I'm feeling or rather the well of emotion I'm not feeling. What do I mean by that? Being on red alert for the last nine months on Broadway has really been something. Mm -hmm. And as grateful as I am and as much as I know anyone would who's probably at this conference would love to be in my shoes and I welcome you and I hope I get to work with you one day. The fact of the matter is it has been something I haven't had time to process at all because we're still in survival mode, survival mode. What we've been through since 2020 with this show that we're about to say goodbye to our pandemic show that was sitting there like Pripyat wondering if we were ever going to return is something I haven't really come to terms with because we've had a job to do. And I'm overwhelmed with fear about how to even begin to unpack what we've just been through. 
and what is still to come. I, I actually am, I really don't know what to expect. So being able to write it down, I thought I know, I thought I knew what I'd write down, but it is very different. I've mm. discovered when you actually put your pen to the paper. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm looking forward to continuing to maybe categorize different areas of the veritable uh, smorgasbord of uh, anxiety that I'm currently experiencing. So thank you for this. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Oh, God, don't make me talk. I'm trying not to cry, and it's your fault. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Um, whew, yeah, it's been hard. It's been really hard. And... Full transparency, the league's choice to essentially lift the mask mandate without discussing it with any other departments that let these shows happen. It's been scary. It's been a huge slap in the face. It has made me question if I actually want to stay in theater because to me, it was an absolute money decision that did not take into consideration the health, physically or mentally, of those of us who stand in those theaters doing the shows eight times a week, six days a week, and are the reasons why people are coming to the theater and spending their money to put the money in their pockets. And they're giving us a very small portion of it. They didn't discuss it with any unions, hardly any producers. It's a theater owner decision. I'm terrified every day that I walk into work again because they lifted the vaccine and testing mandates months ago. People don't have to wear masks. I don't know who's sitting in that audience. For the last eight months, we've been hearing people coughing and sneezing and at least in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, they're wearing a mask, it's fine. Even like, what, I think it was like two days ago, the first two opening scenes, both act one and act two, there were people like wet hacking in the audience and we could hear it, but the lights are so bright, I can't see where it's coming from to know if it's someone who's masked or not. I don't know if that hack, I had COVID. I I know that hack. I don't know if that hack is current COVID, contagious COVID, you're still getting over COVID. I have to breathe to sing. I have to breathe to dance. I have to breathe to do my job. And we spent two years as an industry talking about how much things were going to change and how much we were going to respect each other. And then this happens with a month left of our show. And now we're all terrified. We have one week between like personal days, contractual things, my vacation next week. We have (laughs) one week of our full company scheduled to be in. And now we don't even know if we're all going to make it because we can't force the audience to wear a mask. So now we're doing this and there's just been this never ending repetitive conversation with myself, with my husband, with other people in my life. You know, I, I've 
not, I didn't dream to be on Broadway. I, it keeps happening, thankfully. <laughs> um, you know, you, you said, you said you want to be on Broadway. There was, there was like joy. I had a college kid ask me years ago, Rashida, what's Broadway like? And I said, fleeting and overrated. <laughs> and it wasn't out of being bitter. It was like fleeting at the time. I'm like, yes, at the time I had two or three Broadway shows on my resume. I was still sitting in a rehearsal room at Syracuse University doing the same show and same production of Rent that he was doing. Mm -hmm. The difference was he was still a student and I was the Broadway person, one of the Broadway people. Overrated because honestly, I've had some of the most special and inspiring and impactful experiences in shows, not on Broadway, not in New York. We're all home here. Like here, we're home, we come to the theater, we go to rehearsal, we go home. Especially in a show like Company, we all grown and old and <laughs> bye. <laughs> no one is new. We have families, people have kids, we have husbands, we have like, we come in, we do this three hour show and then we go home because we have our lives. But doing regional productions, which have been some of the most special things I have ever done. We're all there and we're all we got. We got the team and we have each other. And those bonds are so special. But because Broadway, this keeps happening foreign to me. And please, it's not been that easy of a ride. I have heard lots of no's just like everybody else. It's not that. Meh. So please don't be misled to think I'm like, oh my God, I just breathe and I book a Broadway show. No. <laughs> but I initially went to school because I thought I wanted to be a recording artist. So I studied music business management. I got there and then I realized, I don't want to be put in a box. I grew up in the church, I sing gospel, I sing jazz, I sing R&B, I was classically trained. I, can, I don't want to be put in a box, I want to do all of them. So here comes theater. And now I'm in theater and I have been doing everyone else's shows. Mm -hmm. And in the back of my mind for 11 years, 11 years ago, I stood at the triad and sang backgrounds for a friend of mine. And I looked at Lee Summers who ran the triad and I said, I'm coming back this year at some point doing my own show. Well, uh, that was about 2010. <laughs> and I finally created my own show last summer. And it was only because, <laughs> it was only because Donald and Hilton at Goodspeed. I did a production of Anything Goes Up There years ago. They bought a tent last summer because they needed to have some sort of season. And Donna called me last February and said, hey, what do you think about doing your own show up here at the, at the tent at Goodspeed? And I was like, okay. <laughs> I only did it because my feet were held to the fire. But I keep this recurring conversation that keeps happening with my husband, with myself, with everyone around me is, okay, so I have the one, now what else? Put it in the notebook. What, it's, it, it is in there, it's you. It's I do accept help, I am, cons I, I, there's so many things, I can make mistakes, I can grow, I can forgive myself for these, it is, it's here. <laughs> you know, but like, it's that same thing of, we're never done. Mm-mm. We're never finished, we're never done evolving, we're never done growing, we're never done making mistakes, we're never done learning from those mistakes. And so not that I've been looking at, I'm not looking at the last almost 15 years of my life as a mistake, but I am looking at it as, okay, I have sacrificed the work-life balance and it has only been work mm -hmm. <laughs> for 15 years. 
for a group of people who could not make it more abundantly clear that they don't care about my person more than they care about their pockets and their bank. So what am I going to do? This is a very fresh revelation. Yeah, right. <laughs> you writing your own story. <laughs> that, that. But it's, it's, it's the scary thing of what is that story? So long-winded way of saying that's what I'll apply it to. Same. <laughs> okay, I'm done. You made me cry. I quit. Yeah. <laughs> um, Christine, do you have anything to share with what you would have applied it to or foresee? I... W- envision if I had the chance to do some moments over in my life if I'd had this then in 1989 in the 1900s (laughs) that I would have picked up that audition feedback form and said thanks for the compliment what do you mean I'm a little heavy in the thigh or um, the seven-year-old, the 12-year-old who is told, oh, this one's good. The dance master said, when I was 12 years old, pulled me aside when I'd started to gain a little weight in puberty. What birth control pills are you on? Oh, my God. I remember being, dev- what does that mean? <laughs> like, I know what it meant, but what do you mean? Why are you asking me? I am 12. And that moment being such a punctuation on, oh, something is wrong with me. To have this then, to have been able to feel empowered to say, you're wrong. And what you're doing is damaging. Mm -hmm. Don't do this to anybody else. Um, When they lined us up and had us walk to the scale. It was like walking to a guillotine (laughs) and wrote down our weight and said, well, if you can lose 10 pounds by next week, maybe you can get the part. Or now you look like a normal person. You don't look like a dancer yet though. To have been able to have the tools to say, all right, you know what? I'm gonna find something else to do because I know I am worthy. I know I am built for something. And I can be successful and happy and joyful and have a fulfilling life regardless of your opinion. Because of my own volition. I can write my own show. I can write my own book. I can speak my own words. And I don't need anybody else's approval to do so. That's, that's, what, yeah. that's, that's the thing. I have so many things going on in my head right now that I wish I had time to say and write, and maybe I will write them down, but... um, You will. I will. The one thing I want to just kind of add, and we'll we'll wrap it up because we're we're almost at time, is um, in the past week or so in my personal life, and actually yesterday, Christine... Was it yesterday? Christine and I did an Instagram Live yesterday, and I was reading back on some of the comments, and this woman said please continue this conversation. My mother is 83 years old and she's still talking about how she needs to fix her body. And it broke my heart. And I see it in my, in my mom's generation. And I don't want to be, I don't want that to be my life when I'm in my seventies. Um, 
in my 50s, in my 60s, in my 70s. Um, so I just think there's so much, and I know so much of my story is because the woman who raised me or the, the women who raised us, the people who raised us, were doing the best with what they had and they had been informed about their lives and their bodies, right? So I get the cycle, but I do think there's an opportunity to change the conversation. And just a fun little story. This is all happening today on July 8th because less than two months ago, this woman answered a DM on Instagram. Like that is all that happened. I DM'd her and she answered these two. You DM'd her as well about a Peloton ride and she happened to read ours. So um, to say I'm grateful is an understatement. To have Rashidra and Jennifer here is just such a, such a gift to me. Um, with my podcast, my goal is to have a safe place for people in this community to talk about this um, because we spend so much time trying to get a yes that I feel like we spend a lot of time saying no to ourselves. If there's anything else anybody wants to add, um, we have about a minute on the clock. I just got the minute. I feel so official. <laughs> minute left. Um, anyway, anyone else, uh, any other closing remarks and we'll let it go. We'll, we'll hang out a little bit, but thank you all. Thank you for showing up today and doing this with us. Um, anybody else want to say, yeah, please do. Yeah, yeah. I just want to express gratitude to you, Steph, um, for organizing this. I And to you, Christine, thank you for your leadership today. It is very difficult to podcast. I know from firsthand experience, it's very difficult to lead and create and to ask for those yeses. And uh, you're successful by the, merely the fact that you did it. And I really applaud you. And I look forward to seeing what's next for you. Your show's on September 25th. Is that oh, yeah. right? Let me plug that show. Um, wait, I have, to, I have to interrupt because I feel like the biggest, can I say asshole on Broadway podcast? I think I can. Um, Katie, can you stand up, please? Okay, I won't make her say it. So this lovely woman right here, Katie Rosen. Katie, yes. Um, Katie is the producer of my podcast for BPN, but she's also the producer of this event. Like, mm -hmm. everything we needed to see happen. We got press for this event. So thank you. I cannot, like, I can't wait to see what's next for, all, for, for, for us, but thank you so much. Thank Yay. you all. Do you want to say anything else? Do you guys... You are bigger than a smaller pair of fans. That's right. <laughs> Mike Drop. Thank you guys. Have a great rest of your weekend here. We'll hang out for a second if you want to say hi. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.